All right, so we did, uh, we did an interesting game. Uh, this isn't actually the title of the sermon, but this is just a statement that I guess I want you guys to reflect on. Uh, do you control your desires or do they control you? Um, so just with that, uh, with that game, what I kind of wanted to illustrate was the person who was not blindfolded uh, was God, I guess, in our lives. Uh, and some of the questions that were there was, uh, you know, some, some important life questions we've got to ask. So what actions do I make in life? What places should I go to? What do I allow myself to watch? Um, what influences do I surround myself with? Who do I marry? Et cetera, et cetera. Um, so... I guess when we removed God from that situation, all of you guys were, you know, terrible. No one made any real progress. Everyone was blind. Uh, and it was basically um, just blind people walking around. And I guess the, the real point of what I'm trying to make in that is um, God's word is a, is a real clear guide for us on how to live our lives. And, um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's just the, I guess, the light uh, instead of us walking around blind. Um, so, uh, I just want to grab a verse and just kind of reflect on it uh, a bit. I thought, uh, thought it would be a bit bigger, but uh, I apologize. Um, so, the, the verse is 2 Corinthians 10, uh, 4, 5 is, uh, For the weapons of our warfare are not of flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. Uh, we destroy arguments and every lofty uh, opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to um, obey Christ. So, what I kind of want to do is just kind of reflect on this verse and kind of take it apart and just add some other verses to this as we kind of go along and uh, really look at uh, the battle of the mind. Um, so we'll start off with the verse and kind of pick it apart. So, for the weapons of our warfare are not of flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. So the first part of this verse is, is really illustrating to us is that we're in a war, and uh, this war is not of the flesh. So I can't, I can't materialistically, uh, so I can't grab something physical and resolve this war. It's something um, of divine power. Um, and it's talking about these weapons, and it's talking about strongholds. Uh, so strongholds is just a, a point of control, um, and we'll kind of go into that uh, as we keep going. Um, and then we destroy arguments in every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive. So um, we're destroying arguments that are against the knowledge of God. So what's the knowledge of God? The knowledge of God is the revelation of, of Christ uh, being the Son of God and being God. Um, and then also the call that God has on our lives. Um, so that would be Christ-likeness. Um, and seeking purity and not, and not conforming to um, temptation. So we'll just kind of keep, uh, keep going with this. Um, and let's, let's try and figure out, so what are we actually at war with in this war that, uh, uh, <clears throat> uh, what we've just read before? So um, who are we at war with? Well, it's pretty simple, ourselves um, and the world. Uh, and these are our two main um, struggles in life. So uh, a real interesting point is uh, that Jeremiah brings in uh, is the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? And to kind of give you the context of what's going on here is um, you've got Israel and everybody knows God's relationship with Israel. Um, and God is trying to bring Israel back to repentance. And Israel is just continually falling back into the same sin and is just hardening their hearts. And, you know, God uses uh, a lot of uh, really strong language to really illustrate to us that, um, you know, 
our hearts and ourselves, we, we like to deceive ourselves. Um, and I guess, I guess in our day-to-day lives, um, we can look at uh, different, different aspects, you know. I think a, a real big one is we start to rationalize uh, certain behaviors and we start to make them feel uh, like they're an okay behavior to perform. Uh, you know, I, I guess a good example would be something like gossiping. Um, I guess, uh, you know, we, there's, there's a bad situation that's happening um, with a certain friend or a certain person uh, and then we, we start to rationalize it and, and justify it, I guess, to start uh, speaking to another group of people about that person. And what we're kind of doing is we're we're, we're throwing away the grace that that person may deserve um, and, and we're, sorry, not deserve, but just, uh, just not giving them the grace that uh, they might need at that time uh, and we're kind of going against that. And uh, in, in, any, uh, you know, in reality, we're just causing more destruction um, towards their relationship uh, with people uh, and with God. Um, so the second stronghold that we have that isn't of the mind is of the world. And I, I guess the, the world and the mind kind of tie in together. Um, but we look, at, we look at Genesis 4. So to give you the context of this as well, uh, Cain and Abel, we know the story of Cain who killed his brother Abel. Um, and, and God is kind of speaking to Cain just before he actually um, conforms to, uh, so conform being, uh, uh, does that actual uh, act of killing his brother. Um, so God says, if you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door and it desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Now, I love this like imagery that kind of God gives us of, of sin. Like, uh, only a predator is, is crouching and is waiting. Uh, and you, and you see this imagery all throughout, all throughout the Bible is, uh, the, the devil and the enemy is oftenly portrayed as this lion or as this predator that is after us. And, and we're often portrayed as sheep, you know, blind, aimlessly, just, you know, uh, conforming to the same stupid behaviors. And there's this predator that is after us. Um, and that's sin and that is the devil. Uh, and when you get this imagery, we start to see the, we start to, uh, it's forced to give us a sense of reverence. So reverence being a sense of respect for uh, what sin can actually do to us and to the consequences that it actually has on our lives. Uh, and, and here we have is, is God just requesting for us to rule over it. So we have to actually take a step above it and rule over it instead of let it uh, rule over us. Um, so I guess these strongholds, um, what are these strongholds and how do they affect my life kind of falls into, um, just falls into your own personal walk and your own personal journey, uh, whether this be um, struggling with sexual immorality, struggling with the wrong group of friends, struggling with substances or gossiping, or um, I guess just conforming to uh, and, and behaving in ways that you know are incorrect and that God has called you not to engage with. So, uh, kind of reflecting on this, we figured out that there's a war going on uh, and we know that we kind of know who we're at war with uh, but let's look at what our weapons are. So it kind of looks a bit simple, but there's a heck of a lot more in this. Um, so what are our weapons? So um, our weapons are God's word, a new perspective, and discipline. And to be honest with you, God's word is the main one, but it just affects the, the two following uh, from it. So, uh, so 
I guess uh, I kind of wanted to pull up Ephesians thinking that Steve was here. But uh, Ephesians 6 basically goes into um, all the different uh, weapons that we have. Uh, you know, the sword of the spirit. Thank you, Shads. Legend. Yeah, so it, while Shads pulls that up, uh, you know, Ephesians kind of covers some of the some of the uh, some of the fruits that the Christian life uh, brings forth that we can use as and do use as uh, weapons um, against sin and against the battle of our own mind. Sorry, Shad. If not, I can just pull it up on my phone and. Uh All right, the whole armor of God. Uh, so uh, here we, we read, Finally, be strong in the Lord and uh, in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you might stand against. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. So again, we get this uh, imagery again that it's not, it's not just about the physical. There's actual spiritual things that are taking place. Give me a second. Stand therefore... Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you might be able to withstand the devil uh, on that day. Uh, stand therefore, having fastened the belt of truth. So we've got truth, the breastplate of righteousness. So truth and righteousness. Uh, and then having put on the readiness of the gospel. So the gospel of God um, and the shield of faith. Uh, and then the helmet of salvation. And finally, the sword of the spirit. Uh, <clears throat> so, moving forward... Uh, how does, how does the word actually affect my life? So when we, when we look at the Old Testament and we look at the New Testament, a lot of the Old Testament is displaying situations and stories that took place. And a lot of us, we're, we're learning from those stories and we're seeing how God interacted with man in those situations. Uh, in the New Testament, we do see that through the gospel and we do see that through... Yeah, Shads, it's all good. Just go back to the PowerPoint. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Shads. Um, in the New Testament, we see a few of those stories through the Gospels of Christ um, and through Acts. But, you know, as, as seen in Ephesians, we kind of get this, this just clear examples on how to, how to live our lives. So how, how do these actually affect our perspective? So um, I guess a, a great story is David. I think David embodies a lot of... Um, a, lo a lot of what uh, us people who've grown up in the church have kind of lived out. David uh, lived a, a pretty good life from a young age and was pretty faithful for, for, uh, to God at a very young age. But what we also see is that uh, it took only a few moments for David to completely screw up. And, uh, and he, if you guys don't know the story already, uh, he slept with one of his, uh, his uh, uh, soldiers' wives her name was Bathsheba, and then he actually got that girl uh, pregnant uh, and, and then had that man killed at the battle line. Uh, 
what, what David, what we can grab from David is a new perspective in the sense that David, I think Shads has kind of gone over this a bit before, is that David was called to be at the battlefield in that time. And what David chose to do was remove himself from the battlefield. And when he removed himself from the battlefield, he was exposed to new influences and new desires. And when he was exposed to these temptations and these influences, they affected his desires and his desires eventually led to his actions. And those actions took place of what he did um, to his soldier and to Bathsheba. So I guess what we can also grab from that is when we're not where God wants us to be, we're likely to be influenced by temptation. And when we're not where or when we're exposing ourselves to things that God doesn't want us to be exposed to, we're, we're being influenced by those things. And those influences then affect our desires. And those desires often affect our actions. So this is when we come back to that, that third point of discipline. So God's Word gives us a new perspective. It gives us situations where we can kind of reflect on and see that, uh, see that God's God's requested a certain thing, and when people haven't followed that thing, we've seen the consequences of what's uh, taken place. Now, um, what also happens in life is that we get desires, and a lot of us, we get desires uh, regardless of of whether we're doing the the right thing or the wrong thing. Um, And you could be doing the right thing, and you'll still sometimes have a desire to do the wrong thing. Uh, And this is where things like discipline can kind of come in. Uh, This is where, uh, see, God gives us so much, but there's a point where God requests man to actually act. And this is this is where the discipline comes in, uh, and this can just this isn't uh, this isn't just for bad things, uh, you know, avoiding temptation in the world or the battle of the mind, but it's also for positive things, you know, seeking a deeper relationship with God, uh, seeking deeper relationships with people in your life, seeking a better life, and you know, being more productive and more fruitful. Discipline comes down to the individual in those in that moment. Uh, and ultimately, God's word can affect your perspective, but it's your discipline to actually grab God's word and use it into your life uh, is ultimately your choice. And that's, where you, that's what you guys really, uh, you guys really need to, to grab onto. Uh, Shaz, can you go to the next slide for me? Thank you. Um, so I guess what I want you guys to reflect on is who and what are these influences in your life? So we've got our influences, we've got our desires, and then we've got our actions. So who and what are these influences in your lives? And how are they affecting you? Are you with the right group of people? Are you watching the right things? Are you spending time um, thinking about the correct type of things? Um, who and what are, these in your, uh, what are these influences in your life? And then after these influences, how are they affecting your desires? How, if I'm spending time with the wrong group of people, eventually gonna, they're going to affect my desires. And I'm going to have a desire to conform to the wrong type of behavior. Um, and then once I've had that desire, you know, often, often when you're influenced by the wrong people and you have the, these desires, it's very easy to, to perform the action that you don't want to do. So what, wh- who are these influences? How are these influences affecting your desires? And what actions do you actually, uh, what desires do you act on? And we kind of come back to that same point of discipline. Am I going to be disciplined enough to grab God's word and actually apply it to my life? God's word gives me the new perspective and God's word um, encourages me to be disciplined and God's word is the influence into my life that can affect my desires and affect my actions. Um, 
so yeah, that's, that's kind of what I wanted to cover today. Also kind of just want to reflect on the fact that like, a lot of you guys uh, are like, just at this moment now, who you are going to be in the future is like shaped right here and now. Like all your, all your actions, whatever you're doing right now, that's likely to affect who you are in the future. Um, a lot of you guys, and uh, you know, we've grown up in the church, you know, and there's a, like, you're about to be exposed and you probably are already being exposed to a lot. Um, but there's so much more to come, like, to come, like, you know, uh, you know, like, you know, you've got porn, you've got sex before marriage, you've got substances, you've got, uh, you know, you've just got the bad group of people that, you know, just bitter, you know, bitterness is a real reality now. Like people are just, just just bitter and you don't want to be that bitter person because of your outlook on life and how uh you know your lack of forgiveness for others and and this the sense of entitlement you don't want to fall into that trap and right now the choices that you make are going to affect that um you know, I just kind of want to end on this story. I knew this guy called Cooper, um, and he basically started, uh, you know, uh, hanging out with the wrong group of people, and he started drinking, um, and he started just getting involved with the wrong group of people. Um, eventually, Cooper got to a point where uh, he was actually addicted to heroin, um, and it got to a point where he would go to a rehab center, and three times he was in and out of rehab, and then eventually he was in the hospital, and it got to a point so bad that um, I would have these friends of mine who would have to go to the hospital, sign Cooper out, and then take him for a day, and then come back and sign him back into the hospital. Um, you know, Cooper finally got out, and then he overdosed on heroin, uh, and they found him there. You know, Cooper didn't wake up one day addicted to substances. He didn't, you know, you don't wake up one day, um, you know, with a broken relationship. You don't wake up one day addicted to substances. You know, you don't wake up one day bitter. It's a gradual progression. And these choices that you're making now, like, affect it. So I guess the, the, real, the real point of what I want to say is what you sow is what you're going to reap. And you're always going to be reaping something. Is that good fruit or is that bad fruit? Is that leading you to the life that you want to be uh, and to get to? Or is that the life that um, is going to lead to, you know, absolute destruction? Uh, the world is pleasurable, uh, you know. That's why people get entangled by, you know, these things, you know. The, the reason why uh, adultery and fornication and substances and all the rest, all, all this uh, depravity in the world exists it's not because it's terrible and people are like, oh, this sucks, I'm doing it. It's the fact that they enjoy it. It's, it's a pleasurable thing to engage in. So just understand that if you've got the desire to something, that doesn't define who you are or what you have to do. Um, God's word uh, gives you a new perspective um, and encourages you to be disciplined. But ultimately, it's your actions here right now that affect um, what you listen to, what you engage in and what you do. Amen.